Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, everybody. You know, I'm at home here tonight, and this is May 9th, 2020. And so I didn't hear my sound cue. It's most amazing, my ears, but I'm really glad to return. And this is repeated on the 14th. That's Thursday morning at 6 in the a.m. And that specific daylight time. And tonight's subject is during the Taurus archetype. And it is with the Venus star points. You know, Taurus is ruled by Venus. And we don't have a Venus star point this month. It's going to be next month when the sun kisses Venus, you might say, in that exact moment. And there's a wonderful, by exact moment of degree, because we are talking astrologically and astronomically. Ariel Gutman wrote a wonderful book that this talk and my guest are basing this this premise of cosmology from and so for those of you that are intrigued that would be her book which is venus star rising and that's gutman g-u-t-t-m-a-n there are at any one given time five of these points that we are experiencing venus which is on the inside of our orbital solar system between us and the sun has an exact, well, very close to exact, perfect rotation. You can look at that and say that's part of her beauty that she exemplifies with the golden mean, for instance, which artists and music, and that's why I was missing my music. It was like, oh, where's that gorgeous cue? Um, but I'm sure you heard it, so that I'm glad for that. And it is what really makes, as we say, the celestial heartbeats of our world. We aren't just matter. We are these vibrational energies and spirit. It's a holistic reality. And as we're at home and contemplating, meditating, perhaps we are considering the many parts of Venus, which is embodiment, such as the Taurus, and sacred other, which is the Libra energy. And this five-pointed star, well, it exemplifies her orbit, and it is also through, it's our love and desires that we attract. There's, I'm trying to think, well, I suppose I can say, too, that it's an eight-year process, and in this pentagram, it's maybe about nine, ten months that Venus goes so there these points and i'll just say what they are 
it would be Leo, 21 degrees Leo. And I won't do the minutes here. I'll just be a little, well, I will. Okay, 21 Leo, 12 minutes. It's Scorpio, three degrees, six retrograde. And it's Capricorn, 18 degrees. And Aries, a four degrees, 56. And Gemini, 16 degrees. And in June 3rd, coming up, not too far away, there'll be the next moment that Venus and the sun connect, and that'll be in Gemini at 13 degrees. So why do we care about this? Okay, well, it, it is really our heart's desires and how we feel is really how we manifest. And we want to be a holistic person. The age of reason is wonderful. We don't take leeches anymore to cure our medical problems. But really, the matter of anything has a finite energy and the spirit of how we integrate that is the source. So rather than myself go on, I am really glad to introduce Mark James, a practicing astrologer, medium, intuitive in Las Vegas, Nevada. And he conducts his own research using these methods outlined in the book that I mentioned, Ariel Gutman's Venus Star Rising, and he incorporates the techniques in his practice as they are points. They're not actual, just to remind people that are listening, they are points, which much of astrology relates to in its development. And his approach, Mark James' approach to astrology is a harmonious synthesis between the traditional astrological traditions and these modern age techniques that we expand upon. He's completed Stacy Dean's two-year course, certified in levels one and two of the National Council for Geocosmetic Research, famously known as NCGR. And they have a PCC, which is Professional Astrologers Alliance, for all of you that wonder how you might get certified. That's a wonderful source, and you can Google that. He studied horary and electional astrology with Dr. Lee Lehman and currently is taking Chris Brennan's Hellenistic Astrology course. And Mark is currently the vice president for the Las Vegas Stargazers NCGR chapter. And you can actually Google that because they have an online uh, episodes that Gemini Brett started last month that they probably have for sale and upcoming events. It's really a marvelous chapter here in for astrology. So with all that said, hello, Mark. I'm so glad to greet you. Good evening, Sue. Thank you for having me. Yes. So we've had a little chat ourselves and about these celestial heartbeats, this intimate relationship of Venus star points. So right now we are in the uh, still experiencing, I would say, the Leo one that was last summer in August until it we renew the one just a few degrees different in Gemini coming up. And interestingly, today, as we speak on March 19th, that is in close alliance with kind of a tension with the sun that's at 19 degrees Taurus. So, you know, I think in some ways that introduces the idea that we're all struggling with our values and our security of of 
how we're self-reliant with how we want to manifest with Leo. I, I would guess, have you found in your, well, I'll let you speak from there as far as like whether that's <laughs> part of your practice or what your thoughts are about that. Um, so I began my journey with the Venus star points with um, Ariel Gutman's work, and I can't say enough how impressed I am with what she has put together in the book in terms of not just presenting a newer idea, theory, concept, whatever you want to call it, but with the hard work that she put into this, this was not something that she just um, came up with. She has many years of research. And for me personally, because of this goal of trying to achieve a synthesis between traditional techniques and newer techniques, I was very interested in exploring the idea of the Venus star and these star points, which as you and I were talking about is a very new uh, theory to kind of hit the astrological scene in this way. And um, I fell in hook, line and sinker, like most of us astrologers, we usually use members of our family and our friends as guinea pigs to test certain theories and axioms out. And the results that I'm seeing by incorporating the techniques that Ariel puts forth um, is just incredible. And I think it's very timely that we're talking about this, um, not just because of your program, uh, but also because of the fact that in about three and a half days, Venus is going to be stationing retrograde and beginning another journey towards um, that conjunction with the sun, as you so appropriately described as a kiss. You know, this is excellent just to lay the foundation because it is true and it's important if people begin to look at the Venus star points that in that eight year cycle and it fluctuates in this pentagram between direct and retrograde motion and actually the first if i understand it right the very first uh the the beginning of it begins with the retrograde rather than the direct so like right now venus in leo is direct whereas four years before that and she will remain, at act, okay, I'm saying a couple of things at once, so pardon me, I'll try to rephrase this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the prior one to that conjunction with the sun that was last August had been four years before that, but going retrograde. I remember that one clearly it was in, and then now, as far as 2019, it was going direct. And I might say to people, just because we're Go with this five, the series of five means that the one that's emphasized will be that experience. Like we're still in that emphasis of the Venus star point in Leo. However, she will remain, and pardon me if I say she, but it's easier to, to pronounce, you know, to give some kind of um, pronoun to, to Venus, Absolutely. I suppose. But Venus will be still a valid point at that degree until the next 
conjunction that she makes in the next four years from that date but means just like venus is happening now coming up like we're at 16 degrees now because four years ago that was what in 2000 and let me think that would be of course 16 2016 when venus was in gemini at 16 degrees it's still evident but now coming up on june 3rd it will be 13 degrees. So for those people that are going, what is all this? I apologize if that's a lot of little detail, but I'm just trying to give a little context as far as there is a, somehow it made sense from what you were saying about the fundamental nature of this um, retrograde, yes. that there's retrogrades and direct, I guess that's the takeaway. Direct, the conjunctions, correct, yes. And I, I think, you know, a, a great place always to start is with um, the planet itself, with Venus. And I, I think astrologically, and I'm only speaking, of course, from my own experience, that a lot of astrologers look at these personal planets, um, such as Venus and Mars, and because of the speed with which they work, it isn't that they don't appreciate the role they have to play in astrology or through their motions, through the charts. Um, but perhaps sometimes maybe so much emphasis is put, let us say, on slower moving planets um, that we forget that each and every single planet ha represents an archetype and each one um, is trying to help us to understand that archetype within each one of us. So if we look at Venus, and I, I know we're limited, and I'm not going to go into too much, but I want to give this idea of we have Venus as the morning star, we have Venus as the evening star, we'll start there. And um, we know that um, this is a process that takes place and she switches back and forth between morning star and evening star. And that's this idea of this heartbeat that's pulsating. And um, she makes in the orbit, as seen from here, this pentagram. And there are these five points where she retrogrades at for 40 days. And think of that number 40. So she disappears from our view and she stays in these points for these 40 days. So if she's a morning star and she's going to be turning into an evening star, you have that. Or if you have evening star turning into morning star. Um, the um, whole idea is that these five points are very significant. And when we take the degree of these points, um, we are able to place them in the chart and to see if an individual is having any contact. Now, regardless of whether it's exactly touching a given planet or a point, um, it's going to be impacting that house. But you don't have to be an astrologer to learn your, your star sign. All you need is your date. And the way that you calculate it is you look up in a chart, which you can get. Um, I'm sure Sue might provide information on my website. I'm going to at uh, Ariel's website, which is sophiavenus.com. There's a chart and you can find it just with your date of birth. You don't need the time or the location. That's the beautiful thing. Oh, I love to have you. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Yes. And I, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. So let's talk about this. So we have this star being formed by the orbit, and there are these five points. And these you can look at as like sensitive points. 
And this is shifting, although what makes this whole thing among many things, but what's very significant about this is I mentioned about how fast Venus moves through our charts. But when she's forming this five-pointed pentagram, she stays in the signs for about 100 years. And that's a long time for her to make this imprint. And just think of it, this five star, it takes eight years for the five-pointed star to be created. And she's continually tracing out this pattern and shifting it. It's shifting. And as you pointed out, the signs of the star right now are Aries and Capricorn, Scorpio, Leo, and Gemini. Now we have a little change coming in 2022 when the Scorpio star is going to move into Libra. And for five years, we're going to have Libra Scorpio stars. Then it'll move into Libra. That's worth noting because there will be a shift. Definitely. But what's so beautiful, and forgive me, I know I'm talking. No, no, no. I love it. Go ahead. Okay. I just, that was just. But, <laughs> please. So um, what's what's kind of interesting is, so we have this idea of the star with the five points that we can pop into the chart. And of course, think of them as like sensitive points. And if you discover after finding out uh, that any of those points touch, let us say a personal planet, then you can have fun going backwards in eight year increments because again, it takes eight years for those points to come back. Um, and you can see that definitely in, in terms of um, a personal planet being touched, that planet is going to become activated, its location in the chart, as well as the houses that it rules. And um, certainly something that is worth taking a look at. Now, in addition to that, we have this Venus star point. Just to distinguish, there's the Venus star, so that's this point, this star, this five-pointed pentagram that's being formed by the orbit. And then you have the Venus star point, which are these two points. You know, Venus goes retrograde for 40 days in its 584-day synodic cycle. And every time it does that, it switches. It goes back and forth, evening star, morning star, evening star, morning star. So what you're doing is you're going into this chart, you're taking your birth date, and you're going to the prior point where the sun and Venus kiss. And the idea behind this is Venus representing love, the feminine, the sun representing the will, the ego, the masculine. And these two energies are coming together for that moment and shining down. So it's a pretty significant point. And this Venus star point is actually the midpoint during the retrograde period, because you'll notice the five points are made during the retrogrades, the loops that Venus makes in its orbit. So here you go. You've got a unique identifier, one could argue, um, in that because of the changing through the zodiac of this star and the signs that uh, Venus uh, makes this contact with the sun, it's not quite as fine-tuned as a chart, but certainly, uh, in my opinion and what I'm discovering, a very unique tool to be able to to be able to help us in this particular case accent access our own Venus. And I'm not talking just about the Venus in our charts, but that part of Venus which is inside all of us.
So it's really exciting, in my opinion, um, it, as, as a tool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It, yeah. I'm thinking of a couple of notes here. One is that the hundred years is yes. so valuable to just uh, recount because it means that perhaps a person was born with certain Venus points. And as you say, the cycle has ended, but it does let real emphasis of this validity of, of strength because um, right now, as you say, this is going to be an enormous change and they come in pairs. The, the very fact that 2022 Scorpio is going to be concluding, meaning that Libra's coming in, there's a dream. They both want partnership. I mean, they both want relationships, right. but what the, the matter of exchange that is so, of exchanging resources, of regeneration and and other real significant characteristics of Scorpio will be shifted to this more um, other, the sacred other, the, 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 you know, relationships of that emphasis. And Aries, and I know I came in and you were probably going to mention that Aries also will be, I think, later in the 2020s shifting yes. to yes. Pisces. So when you think of that synthesis between Pisces and Libra is so different from Aries and Scorpio. It's another layer. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and that's the whole thing. And just to mention, too, with this idea of morning star and evening star, oh, yes. because it is a very important uh, point. Let's talk in, about in, that. Yeah, you know, it's it's this dual nature of Venus, and you, you go back to the myth, and that's one thing about Ariel. She's a mythical astrologer, among other things. I and love so it. She likes bringing in these stories, and you know, I heard her say that the reason she likes doing that is because, unfortunately, there's a tendency with a lot of modern astrologers to kind of associate key words with the planets and the signs and everything and in actuality these planets are representing the gods and goddesses and it's very important to know the backstory so in the case of venus you know we have two creation myths we have the one that i think everyone's familiar with chronos castrates uranus his genitals fall into the ocean and then she comes out actually the three furies come out first and then she is in the ocean on a shell and she is known as aphrodite urania and that's the evening star kind of image of venus she is the love goddess she represents the yin factor um she is kind of all about love and believe it or not that side of venus rules libra so that's really strong energy and this shift should be quite interesting and i think the hope is and the belief that this idea of love will kind of start to permeate a little bit more than what we've been seeing do as to others as one would do to oneself the great mantra of so many Yes, absolutely. And yet we we have Venus as the morning star. And there um, she's known as Aphrodite uh, Pandemos. She's the warrior goddess. She represents the yang energy. Um, She's closer to Earth. Um, She is always retrograde. Um, She results from a retrograde um, uh, conjunction. Uh, of the sun with Venus. And um, she kind of more rules Taurus. Um, She's more kind of um, primal. She represents raw 
sensuality where evening star Venus kind of represents more refined and social acceptability. Um, I, I bring this up because it's a very important part to represent this duality of Venus when we're looking at her. And that's part of this theory when we identify our Venus star point is not just to find out at what point zodiacally she's located at, but whether she's a morning star or an evening star, because an evening star at an Aquarius point and a morning star, they're going to be a little bit different because of some of the reasons I just stated, although we're just briefly touching on everything. Here, right. So, and the morning yeah. star is the retrograde, just to bring that up yes. to people. Which is a fascinating thought because we think so much with the Mercury retrograde, another whole illusion. I mean, it's not an illusion, but it is a yes. reassessment of things. It's a necessary part of living. But there's, again, and it is a matter of getting away from the stereotype, cliche thinking. But here, that morning star has that vibrance of the start, the initiation. And when we really stop to think about how life morphs that word morph is is liberally given because we develop, we evolve, we we re-experience things, and so of course that uh, first step out, which can become that that sense of wisdom. Because I think of Athena, of it's interesting. I don't know if Athena would be part of. I mean, it is Venus. But very much. No, very much. That's the images. Uh, even Rob Hand, I believe, associated morning star Venus with Athena. Absolutely. Yeah, because she's the You're warrior right out there, that wisdom. Absolutely. And she too wasn't, was born through a, a, a kind of a non, well, it's not exactly non, not the traditional sexual um, experience that, that all of nature does, whether it's a flower or a bee, you know. So, right. um it's fascinating. And again, and I think personally, a strong mythology is vital because it shows that um, analogies and, and metaphors, metaphors, that's the word. Yes. It Grab keeps tools. us connected. Absolutely. And we were talking a little bit about. You know what, Mark? Let's come right back. It's a half hour, and I think just to remind people, this is Talk Cosmos with Mark James, May 9th, Venus Star Points, and we'll return after this. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Taurus. By leaving a cycle based upon initiation, the energy of Taurus integrates spirit into a solid form of matter that is tangible and physical. It's an earth sign, concerned with self-sufficiency and the values to maintain the strength of a life form throughout its survival. Would you like to re-empower the desires manifesting your dreams? Come ignite your summer solstice eclipse new moon energies in a Talk Cosmos two-part online workshop event featuring their very own cosmic collaboration panel on Sunday, June 14th from noon to 2 p.m. and navigate your experience during this current Gemini Venus retrograde period while communicating to your deep self, 
your authentic values. And Monday, June 15th from 5 to 7 p.m. with the Moonbeam team, which includes an experimental ceremonial workshop to release unwanted and worn out patterns to express the life you desire. To register for this Top Cosmos online workshop, go to eastwestbookshop.com, click on online events, and join Top Cosmos to redesign your vision. Greetings, this is Ben Mabry, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness, consciousness, and superconsciousness. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Well, greetings, yes. Today is speaking with Mark James of the Las Vegas NCR, NCGR chapter, Stargazers, and we're talking about the Venus star points. So at this moment, let's see, you were hot on a thought, and we can go and... Um, I have a question, though, too. I wanted to ask, in your experience, as you were relating that you've... Uh, looked at charts significantly which and today if you were to look at somebody's chart right now with that sun at 19 thinking of the venus star point would you consider that to be significant i mean would you have some um counseling that that maybe if a person would or maybe i would have to start and say gee whiz here i am stuck at home and i'm trying to renegotiate how, how i'm manifesting <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. First of all, you can hear me okay. My my headphones went out, so I'm using this. Oh, no, you sound great. You have oh, a wonderful, wonderful voice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Indeed, you um, speak well. That's it. Thank you. That's a good question. What I would do, it was I would look at the chart of the individual to see where that Venus star point was hitting. And definitely with the sun making a transit to it, you know, when you, I, I would definitely take a look. Yeah. Um, we're looking at the chart and imagine a chart being erected with the normal things we have in it. Let's say I'm adding the Venus star point um, to that chart. So it's going to become a point in the chart. And actually what I'm gonna do with an individual for the first time is I'm gonna take all five points, obviously. And I'm gonna be looking at those five points as they are in the current, you know, where they are degrees right now. And definitely I'm going to incorporate that because there's a, definitely a message uh, to to share, you know, yeah. based on that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. And I didn't yes. mean to, that, that's clear enough right there. You know, perhaps, and again, if you have a, because we were talking about the mythology of it, which, and about, yes. I guess, the morning and the evening, because I'm looking at these five points and I was going to start expanding on that. But I think we hadn't, maybe we need to speak a little bit more because the morning energy and the evening energy, although it is also with the Mayans, you know, absolutely the culture in Central America before the Aztecs, there's these with all the temples and pyramids that are still hidden in the jungles of the Patan forest and other um, Yucatan area. But they very significantly looked at Venus and had a real cosmology for the morning and the evening. It was as distinctly different um, energies because she is the biggest, brightest. Like last night, I was looking at her 
because I am taking a class with Gemini Pratt that you had at NCGR brought. Yes. yes, and it's all about Wonderful. his um, astronomy, sacred astronomy, as he calls it, and it's through yes. OPA, the Organization for Professional Astrology. So I, I want to mention that. But he said, go out and look. So we did. And there I saw this beautiful, huge light, which really beyond the luminaries, the sun and the moon, Venus is so enormous on a clear night, which thankfully it was up here in Seattle. And there across the bay, because we have a lot of water here, and I happened to be in a spot that was across the uh, Puget Sound Bay. And I saw this light on the water. And I thought, well, this moon isn't up yet. What could be doing? It was Venus. Incredible. Wow. And yeah. she is an evening. Now, this is, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. We're dealing with the evening star, but yes, because she's in Venus, I mean, in Gemini right now, that's not the same evening star as, as the last one, which was uh, Leo. So maybe it doesn't relate, but it was really a passageway. It was almost like a walkway across the water, ushering all this information, this, like you said, the wisdom, the, 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 the love, the generosity of, of connecting, you know, rather than just no, and I don't mean that word just, but uh, of the pioneering sense of the the warrior uh, entry of, of connecting with what we love, that maybe this was more of a uh, embodiment. No, go ahead. Yes, no, no. I, I think, you know, you, you make a wonderful point because you're tying in that the mythology of Venus extends among all cultures. It's very important that this object in the sky has been viewed by the Chinese, the Mayans, um, the Greeks, the Romans. Everybody's looked at her and she is part of our, our what do I want to say, our history as, as a people, in other words, as human beings, we've all been looking and seeing her. And this concept of the evening and morning star is so important because, of course, it ties in this idea of duality. Oh, and I think that's very important um, a concept for everyone to kind of wrap their heads around because she can be loving, she can be protective, she can um, be creative, but she, call, she also has a dark side. But I think with her, her dark side comes out when people misinterpret, when they do not understand and try to take away from the natural beauty and love that she represents as an archetype, if you will. Well, that's an intriguing comment. Now, looking at these five energies that are relevant for today, mm -hmm. and in some ways, I I suppose I'll start with it because they go systematically. I think it goes Gemini to Aries to Capricorn to Scorpio to Leo. Which, sure. And the other thought of this that I'll bridge is that if we look at this idea of the five points, one is the head and that's the most, I think, the most recent. So Leo would have been our head. Is that? Um, but but the, because there's two, there's two arms and a leg, and it's you can think of it as a body, but you can also think of it as uh, Leonardo da Vinci's beautiful Correct. illustration. Yes, Correct. of his uh, perfection of mankind. Of you know where we are in the a body that isn't distorted, 
there's these measurements that are perfect, you know, imbalance and perfected means so that these five points can be where the left side we're receiving, which is very interesting on a personal basis to look at our, and I think you were bringing up like if people look on the charts, there's a natal prenatal i mean we have prenatal other ideas in astrology that are pertinent just to bring that out to us the the audience whether you're astrologers or not but the prenatal venus star point is has significance in this whole cosmology and that would be the head and then the two prior to that are how we receive and the two after it we we give to you know, so there, again, it's this, isn't it interesting? It's that whole feminine, masculine, as you say, where we give and we receive. It's this constant creative energy. No, absolutely. And, you know, just real briefly, the thing I wanted to mention um, in, in regards to this technique and this theory is what's so amazing is you can apply it to natal astrology, you can apply it to synastry, the, the astrology of relationships, not necessarily just intimate ones relationships with either family members or co-workers and you can also take this and apply it to world events because the star itself from one arm to the next takes about 250 years so in 2000 we had a repeat of the star from 1750 and this gives us uh, an option to kind of look at those times and compare so i i wanted to bring out that point because i think it's so important to realize that this is not just a technique that you're going to be incorporating into a natal reading this is something that really applies to a lot of different um, aspects or schools of astrology, which uh, depending on where some people might be interested, this is out there for everyone to look at. It's not just, you know, limited to one particular way of doing it. And yes, when you're talking about the points and the head and, and the arms, I mean, There's so many fascinating things that have come out because if you look at a human body, the head represents the head of the star, the arms of the arms and the legs. And then from the all of those comes another five points in the case of the hands and the feet. It's the toes and fingers. In the case of the head, it's the five senses. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. So you start going into all of this, and we don't have the time uh, tonight to go into all of the math and the geometry, but it is fascinating to see the symbolism. And just by things like the period of time when Venus goes retrograde for 40 days, think of all the references to 40 days. Absolutely. 40, 40, excuse me, 40. Um, So it's, um, again, a really cool, uh, not a really cool, excuse me, a really useful tool. I say cool because that means good for me. But um, (laughs) um, in in looking at it, you brought up an interesting point because you were talking about the Gemini and you're a Gemini star point. Are you not or are you? No, I'm actually an Aries Venus star point, although my son... And Mercury, and I had, I had brought this up, are affected by the current Gemini star That's, points because the next one on in June will be right between both of them. So it's going to be, yes, a little yeah, light yes, show well, for me. <laughs> and, and what you might do, and you could do this later, of course, is to look eight years ago to see all of the areas affected by that contact. In other words, the planets touch, the houses they rules they rule and and you might be you should be surprised because you should see 
um, some manifestation and you can even go back in four-year increments, but I don't want to get too technical with it. Getting back to this idea where you talked about the Gemini star as the head, I think it all depends on who you are. So if, if you have the Aries star point, let's talk about in relationships. Well, we're going to look at that star with Aries as the head. In my case, I have a Cancer um, star point, Venus star point. What's interesting with me is I was born three days before Venus going retrograde. So what that means is 23 days from my birth, a new star point was hit. Yes. And, um, and Ariel has this theory she's beginning to discover, and I am relating to it big time, where we do like progressions. So in that case, we would take 23 years because it was 23 days from my um, birthday, not the last star point, but my birthday, and that I would progress into the next star sign, which I have to tell you, for me personally, um, incredible. I would say that she's right on track with that. So I don't know if a lot of your audience is familiar with progressions, but um, uh, I would say uh, that you could even apply this to it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Forgive me. I wanted it to... does add a lot of complexities that give a lot of breath to it. Yes. And I know that's very interesting. There's another guest I had that was bored at the very end of the cancer star points. And that's a fascinating time because there's so much history that we have in this United States when cancer was for that hundred year, going back to that fact that, yes. you know, these stars are like in our world for a long cycle. And it goes retrograde too, like the uh, nodes, you know, it starts at 29 and then it goes down to zero. I mean, it may right. be zero or one degree, but just for people for that too. And I think with cancer, it was so fascinating because at the very end there, Uranus was evident and it was really signifying, Ariel said, because I was noticing in her book as I was talking with this individual and that we had, uh, I'm trying to remember it was, it was with Liz Mouchette. And so who, for people that want to go back and look, it was during the summer, July, I think. But at any rate, Uranus during that time was signifying in this other, oh, how can I say, like a, a, a foreteller, like a herald of, of the changes, the recalibration of the family. Is we know that during the 60s, you know, going up and up as of the 70s, family changed a lot. You know, there was in all kinds of categories and and that was one indication, which I think is, it really does reveal a lot. Um, it, it, it's, it reveals so much that we don't have enough time because we're talking about <laughs> natal. In the relationship, let me give you some interesting things, just looking at this from a relational point of view. And, and if you are looking perhaps at either a partner, a coworker, a family member to perhaps understand better what is this dynamic between us. So when we're imagining the pentagram and you have the head with the two arms and you have the legs. So what Ariel has found out, and I'm in the process of determining this myself, um, is that when you have a connection and, and so you have me with my star point, you with your star point. And let's say your star point is at the head and my star point is at the leg. So there's a connection, okay? Mm. 
That's oh, Carmen. That's right. And in her research, she found lots of presidential couples had this configuration where one of the star points was at the head and the other was the leg. It doesn't mean that they had wonderful, loving, incredible relationships. It means that there seemed to be some sort of a karmic contract involved. And when you have relationships across the arms, those are what she calls creative relationships. And so they have a tendency, the karmic ones have a tendency to stay together for life, regardless of whether the individuals separate or not. There's always kind of this connection. The creative ones are a little bit more, maybe they'll come together for a while, maybe they won't. And to give you an idea too, just real quick with the royal couples. So if we take um, Harry and Meghan, she has an Aries star point. He has a Gemini. What's interesting is that Kate Middleton also has a star, Venus, uh, has an Aries Venus star point. Well, guess what? Diana had an Aries star point, Venus star point. Oh. So both of the boys ended up marrying their mother's Venus star point. Now, it isn't all about that, as you well know. And, and we're not trying to isolate this particular technique from what you need to begin with, which ideally as an astrologer, you're going to begin with the chart. Yes. But this just adds to it and provides mm -hmm. so much more information that you say, wow, wow. It, it does. It signifies it, it. I think that, and it's very excellent the way you voice things, Mark. Thank it's, you. It's wonderful. The clarity and the foundational um, groundwork, but giving it that, 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 uh, focus or noticing it of significance because one could relate to it like there's there is this karmic deeper or, or yeah. creative you know in those both yes. elements but if it was karmic that's like really a learning process it begins to reinterpret what the purpose the the meaningfulness and really that's what life wants is to know how it's yeah. What, and you know, Sue, don't you think there are sometimes we look at relationships and, and those we're privileged or we have um, privy to see in the real world and we say, my God, what is holding them together? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I say that with respect, but there's another thing she gives an example in the book between the relationship between Ann Sullivan and Helen Keller. And there is a connection on top of that, what I just described with the nodes. Talk about karmic and talk about you know being able to clearly see this need for ann sullivan to look for comfort she was looking to give kind of um, the motherly instinct that she never had she was looking for that and helen keller who was basically starting from point zero to learn to know to to do it's 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 incredible and we're just love, touching the service oh, no i love this example mark because it brings home to me something very necessary that i keep contemplating as we all are contemplating and perhaps me a lot here as i'm working with talk cosmos and other things but it's the purpose involved and it 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 in those particular two, I've often been relating how Helen Keller, we would have thought in or anybody was a total, well, she was labeled as dumb and mute. Where right. in reality, once she was revealed that language and given the tools of how to express herself, wrote books and had tremendous wisdom. And it, 
So from Helen Keller's viewpoint, I can think what a gift. And I've often wondered, what did it take for Anne Sullivan to want to go through this enormous challenge? But really, this idea of what you're saying, that it links in with what our need to give and to share. And I'm thinking, isn't this really everything about Venus? Because she is both Taurus and and Libra. Libra. And it is this embodiment, this sense yes. of our survival, of our resources. And with Libra, as I forget who was putting, I was reading something and it said sacred other. I thought, boy, I really like that. I like sacred other because we can reflect, we can project, you right. know, but we deal with not just ourselves and uh, directly. Everybody is a reflection, actually. So. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, too, one goal uh, among uh, the many that we have is kind of transcending uh, the duality of Venus and mm -hmm. getting to the core principle, which is very simple. It's love. It's love. And um, I, I think all of us could use a good refresher course, perhaps, in, in love and, and what we think about it. And this Venus retrograde period will give everyone that opportunity to explore that. <laughs> yes. And yes. And, and she's and not to go well beyond. But of course, this year, we not only have our routine Mercury retrogrades of three. They happen to be in water this year. But we have the Venus one, which is unusual. I mean, it's not usual. It's like, whatever, year and a half or something. And then we have a Mars one, which is more unusual. So we're going to get a lot of it. Let's, you know, these five points, If just to think about, because we have a few minutes here. Yes. And, and I may as well take this pause now so we don't have to pause later. But next week will be Dr. Laura Tad of the Planet Buzz programs that we're initiating and we talk about a some uh, synodic cycle and it happens to be venus retrograde so we'll expand more on this arc during this archetype of taurus and that'll be next saturday so tonight again is venus star points with mark james of las vegas uh, it's also ncgr chapter there and just to remind people Go to Talk Cosmos. You can find Mark there if you're enthused with how he relates, which I think is fabulous. You can connect with him. He's We have everybody under the guests, and you can subscribe, find out where our next uh, talks will be, plus the fact that we have replays all the time on the podcast. So with all that said, we'll return right now to our Venus start points, and maybe we should chat a little bit about some of these others that are pertinent because the energies are ways that we can relate whether it's i mean we've talked about the gemini but that'll be coming up but aries capricorn or scorpio or leo yes well and when you start to and if i may say sue didn't you didn't i get an email that you're having also a workshop coming up was that correct? well i am actually that'll be a june 14th and 15th through east west book shop and it's online they are no Good. longer yes it'll be i just wanted exciting. to mention that i wanted to give you your plug because <laughs> well, uh, i got the email and uh, that sounds really exciting um 
Thank you. I, yeah, I think um, definitely, um, you know, when we're looking, the point I was going to make is what's fascinating is if you take these Venus star points and then you start adding things like eclipses or serious transits, I think we all know in the astrological world, 22 degrees Capricorn around there has been a doozy. Um, and if you think about it, um, when you're looking and I'm, I'm quickly looking ahead, it, it, it just gives you something else to combine this energy with. And so let's say, and I don't have the eclipses for the rest of the year in front of me, but if we were to have an eclipse hit one of these points, um, I think there would be an effect both on a, on a larger scale. But when you start looking at people's charts, can you imagine an eclipse hitting a star point, hitting a natal planet? That, that definitely is going to, um, shall we say, uh, activate in the chart. And, and another point too, I want to make clear as we're wrapping up, these points when they're hitting in the chart, they don't necessarily have to make contact with your natal chart. You can put them into the houses because you will feel them in that house. Mm. And that's an important point. It isn't about, you know, the direct conjunction or, or opposition, sextile square, whatever. It's, it's just what house are these following in? And then what you start to do, and you can begin this at any process through this, is you start looking in eight year and four year increments and Sue guaranteed, and I, I've been doing this now for a little bit, I'm really blown away because I'm like, wow, um, <laughs> this has yeah. really got something to it. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity to kind of work further in this kind of blending the foundation of ancient astrology with new techniques from today, which represent where we're all at now as astrologers, um, and, and that we can continue to find new ways to explore that sky, which is out there saying to us, I'm part of you, you're part of me, and let's look at how that works. That is it's beautiful. Speaking of, of Venus, and it's how we might relate, you know, bring up the idea of duality, which in the very fact that we're incarnated, we can't be all of spirit and we have our limitations. And so I think that's the gift of astrology is to provide these insights and tools that we're able to fathom where maybe our disconnect might be visible, you know, whether it's through the mind to the body or whether it's to the spirit to the heart and different areas and that's really what these five points are offering is is yes you know with uh how i mean capricorn with structure and you know and also i might say when i bring up capricorn it's not just structure because it's also whoops here we go um with a lot of spirit <laughs> yes and maybe right that's what we're learning. <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, we have a few, half about 30 seconds, actually. We, we, well, I can't thank you enough. It's been such a pleasure chatting uh, tonight with you. And I feel very fortunate um, to have had the opportunity to kind of help pass the word. Oh, it's mutual. Totally mutual. And folks, this is with Mark James of um, Astral Medium. No, it, what is your site? It, it's astralmedium.com. That's A S T R A L medium.com. Yeah, and you can find that. Go to Talk Cosmos. So we'll, we'll see you again and lots of love to everybody. Thank lots you. Of love to you. Thank you.
listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.